Right, if you have your Bibles for a few moments, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 again. And I read this verse Sunday morning, and I want to read it again and preach just this verse. I figure it's safe if I just stayed with one verse, so it wouldn't be too long. Amen. And I appreciate you taking time to stop your family get-togethers or whatever and be in the house of God. And a lot of you are having family come in, so we'll try to be respectful of that. But I thank God that the Lord took his time to come to this earth. And it's the only reason you have a family. It's the only reason you have a home. You just have a house if it wasn't for God. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. My Bible tells me you're just existing if you're not born again. And you'll never understand uh, the birth of Christ until you are born again. The Spirit of God will help you and, and enlighten you and lead you into spiritual things. Let's stand in all the Word of God, God in one verse. I'll just read one verse. And uh, let's don't get used to this because I'm going to start Joshua in a couple of weeks and we'll be reading chapters at a time. But 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I did not say this, uh, this past Lord's Day on Sunday morning when the Lord changed my message, but verse 3 uh, tells us that for to their power... I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they're willing of themselves. You know what I love about the Christian life? It's beyond our power. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the real Christmas spirit, amen? And I thank God that uh, the power of the Holy Spirit enables us to live like Christ. Now to our text, verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though you were rich, yet though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. I want to preach on just a few minutes the real meaning of Christmas. The real meaning of Christmas. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the beautiful music and the signing. Thank you for the solos. And God, just thank you for the good congregation uh, this afternoon on this special uh, Christmas Eve service. I feel so blessed to be part of this and to be able to preach your word, and to uh, really celebrate what this uh, Christmas is all about. And Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice, and we thank you for coming to us and becoming poor, that we might be eternally rich. So Lord, please bless your word for these few minutes, and we'll thank you. And God, touch our hearts to be more grateful for what you did for us and what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, on that first Christmas morning, a convoy of golden-winged angels flew around the hills of Bethlehem, and the shepherds uh, that Christ had prophesied uh, was, was uh, interrupted in their normal day, and God introduced Jesus as the Savior of the world. I want you to notice three things about him becoming your Savior. Number one, he was rich. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says, For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, now folks, he's so rich, he owns everything. Say amen. amen. Science are just beginning to discover some of the riches of the universe. There's a hundred billion stars that compose our one galaxy. I believe it's called the Milky Way. It's more than a candy bar, say amen. And uh, 
There are over a billion other galaxies. I said billion, not millions. With a total of 110 sextrillion stars to our modern telescope. And Lord only knows how many is beyond our little telescopes. And there's no reason to believe that God's creation gives out where our telescopes give out. Einstein's theory has it this way, that the universe originated and it was pitched like a pitcher uh, pitches a baseball in a single direction and all the universe is teeming and tumbling and expanding and hurling at a rate of speed a, million light, a billion light years. And if that is true, well, why doesn't it find offense? Because space goes on forever and ever. Jesus made it all. He made all that. He spoke it into existence. Jesus owns it all. And let me just say this, Jesus controls it all. He is rich. And I want you to notice uh, Hebrews 1 verse 10. It says, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thine hands. Folks, I want to tell you something. God is our creator. Amen? A lot of people try not to believe in God. And they try not to submit their life to God, and they become their own God in doing that. But I want to tell you something, friend. There's one thing they can never explain. Where did you come from? Amen. Where did you come from? I refuse to think that we came from some monkeys. I think that low rates humanity. And I think it really low rates our Creator. He created us. And He sustains us. And He'll save you if you let Him. He's the Savior of the world. He was rich. Then number two, just three simple points. Jesus became poor. Though He was rich, look at the verse, yet for our sakes He became poor. It's the greatest definition of grace in the book of 2 Corinthians. God's riches at our expense. For our sake, He became poor. I want you to underline that word. Uh, for your sake, He became poor. Folks, He loves you. And He loved you enough to, left the, to leave the splendor and glory of heaven and be born in this world. He was poor in His birth. Didn't have the best room in Caesar's palace. He didn't even have a room in the inn. He didn't have a cradle of gold. He didn't have a pillow of feathers which to lay his head. But he was out there in the ox stall, in the manger where the cattle was. And I've uh, read descriptions of a Mideastern uh, um, stable which he was born in. It's filthy. It stinks. And here he is born in that feed trough. History of grace began in a humble oriental manger behind a crowded inn. There was once a man that wanted to reach some AIDS patients over in uh, North Africa. And they would not let him go in and witness. And he said, I'll be willing to take AIDS so I can go into that camp and reach those people. And he came down with that terrible disease that took his life later. He said, man, what a sacrifice. Well, Jesus made a greater sacrifice. He gave up the splendor, the glory, the sovereignty of heaven, the splendor of heaven, the worship of heaven, the comfort of heaven, the light of heaven, and He came to this world and became poor. He was poor in His birth, and then He was poor in His life. 
we seem he that fashioned the stars working in a humble carpenter shop. Joseph and Mary were not rich. Matter of fact, they offered turtle doves, which is the lowest rung of sacrifice possible. They were very poor. I see him who dug the springs of all the oceans of eternity sitting next to Jacob's well and talking and breaking the ice with a very sinful woman, a Samaritan that no Jew would talk to. And he said, give me a drink. I see the one who in eternity had ridden the chariots of flame and on earth without a horse or a camel or a carriage walking with tired and aching feet across the flinting paths of Palestine. I see him who has been waited on by angels, taking his robe off and putting a towel around him, and taking a, taking a towel and washing his disciples' feet and saying, you need to become a servant, boys. You need to serve. You need to serve. He was poor in his life. He was poor in his birth. But he was also poor in his death. How poor? Well, the line of the tribe of Judah was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And the Bible says in Isaiah 52, 12, that he was beat beyond recognition. The cat of nine tails lashed across his body. And folks, I want to tell you something. It was a horrendous, excruciating execution that he took. And he died for your sins. And folks, he was poor in his, and though he was the light of the world, darkness hung over the earth from 12 to 3. Because the Lord could not look upon sin. And he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? How poor was he? When he died, he had to borrow a tomb. Didn't even have his own grave plot. And folks, that was something that he took on voluntarily. Nobody took his life. He gave his life. And though he was rich, he became poor. And then last but not least, Jesus became poor that we might be rich. That we through his poverty might become rich. Christians are the richest people I know because Jesus paid the penalty of your sin and you're free. You're accepted in the beloved. You're forgiven. You're a child of the king. You're joint heirs with Jesus. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. You're not doing anything but being better off. You're not better than somebody, but you're just better off being saved. And I'll tell you this, you are blessed being saved. You're rich. you got things money cannot buy and the government can't tax. Can somebody say amen before April 15th? Amen. Thank God. And folks, it's not going to depreciate. We had the uh, kids over just a few minutes ago, and so help me, I thought Thatcher was going to tear up a, a uh, puzzle type. It was a, really a safe to put his money in, and Amy had found this somewhere, and she had all her stuff mailed in, and we had to take a picture so Amy could see um, Thatcher have a meltdown because he thought he had changed the combination where he couldn't get into it ever again. He's a real smart fellow, and he, it just blew his mind. I said, calm down. Your daddy will figure this out. But I don't know if that safe will ever open. 
And I don't know if it'll last till they get back to Alpharetta. But I want to tell you something. I got a gift from the Lord Jesus Christ that will never depreciate. Amen? It's a gift of riches. He, became, he was poor. He was rich. He owns it all. He made it all. He sustains it all. If it wasn't for God, this uh, planet would whirl into destruction. But praise God, He holds it all together. He made us and He sustains us. And he saved us because he wants us to have some riches. It's the riches of his grace. Folks, there's the riches of purpose. We're redeemed. That means we're bought with a price. Therefore, we ought to glorify God with our little old lives for his glory, for his honor. I feel sorry for people that are living just for themselves because that's not much to live for. And it'll all be over and you'll die and go to hell and think, why didn't I live for Christ, which is far better? Amen? And folks, we're rich because we have a purpose. People without a purpose are miserable. That's why, men, it's so important you have a job that's fulfilling and a job that you keep over a week, praise God, and a job that accomplishes something, say amen. To a lady, it doesn't really matter about that. She'd rather stay home with the babies. But I'll tell you something, a man has a significance to him because God put that in Adam. That's why he needed Eve. He needed somebody to encourage him. Folks, we have the riches not only of his purpose, we have the riches of his peace. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. The riches of his grace. Folks, Jesus became poor that you might have the riches of peace. You can't buy peace. Matter of fact, the wicked never experience peace. Have you ever found sin to bring peace? No, sin will help you fall to pieces. And sin will drive you into insanity. And sin will drive you crazy. And sin will waste your life. And sin will break others' hearts. And sin will cause you to do some things that you'd never thought you'd do and your children will have to pay for it. Folks, there's, uh, there's exceeding sinfulness in this world. It's dark, but thank God for the grace of God that gives us forgiveness, that brings peace. Peace with God and the peace of God. And then also we have the riches of His presence. Colossians 1.27 says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of His mystery among the Gentiles, and here it is, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to tell you something, friend. One of the greatest blessings on this earth is His presence in your life. I mean, friend, listen, you're a tabernacle of His Holy Spirit. You're a channel of His love. You're to flow and you're to be filled with the Spirit of God to overflowing. And then you can thank God for everything, for it's the will of God concerning you. You can mutually submit to each other. And you can have joy and melody in your heart because you're in sync and right with God. And folks, it all comes through the presence of God. Listen, don't ever feel like nobody cares because God does care. He cared so much that He left the splendor and glory of heaven and became poor that you might be rich. We don't have the riches of His purpose and the riches of his peace and the riches of his presence 
We have the riches of His provision. Philippians 4.19, the Bible says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but God is enough. And His blessings are far better than the trinkets and the gifts of this world. And it amazes me how the world has no room for Jesus. It amazes me how the world takes Easter and Christmas and makes it so materialistic that we even forget who it's all about. And we stress out over buying Aunt Thelma something and she don't need nothing. and She wouldn't appreciate anything. Say amen right there. And folks, you stress out over getting that gift. You get disappointed and wake up the next morning and wonder if you got it. And a lot of people wonder if they got the present that somebody you love wanted and needed. But folks, I'll tell you this. God will provide Himself, Jehovah Jireh, in your life. And that's rich. I mean, when you walk through this life, you have Him. You have His blessings. You have the power of prayer. <clears throat> you have the peace of God. You have the grace of God. It's all summed up in one verse. Turn there with me, please. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. We'll close. Ephesians 3, 8. <clears throat> Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Boy, I'm glad you're here. It says, unto me, who am the least than the least of all saints... That's something Paul's saying. He's the least of all saints. He wrote most of the New Testament inspired by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. In this grace given, he never got over the grace of God. He says that I should preach among the Gentiles, now listen, the unsearchable riches of Christ. The unsearchable riches of Christ. You know what that's saying? It's beyond description how good it is to be saved. It's beyond description how gracious God has been to us. And so he became poor. But let me just say last but not least, he became sin. So we can be made righteous. I believe one of the greatest verses in the Bible is found in our neighboring chapter of our text. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I want you to listen to it. And we'll go. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and look at verse 21. The Bible says this, For he made himself to be. He was rich, but he became poor. He made himself to be, what? Sin for us. He bore your sin debt. He knew no sin. that We might be made the righteousness of God in I feel so sorry for people that are going to Christmas Mass tonight and think they can have enough righteousness to satisfy the justice of God. I feel so sorry for people that are religious but lost. Because I'm going to tell you something, friend. There is nothing that will get you righteous enough to go to heaven. Because there's not a ladder, there's a cross to heaven. When he was born... And some famous painter, I think it was Rembrandt, 
made this beautiful picture of a ladder that was casting a shadow over the cross, and the shadow was in the shape of the cross. Folks, listen, I'm going to tell you something. So he that layeth up treasures for himself is not rich towards God. If you're trying to keep your little old life for yourself, you are not rich towards God. But if you'll just give your life to God and realize he gave his all for you and died in your place and became sin that you might be made righteous. Let me just sum this up. He came down from the adoration of heaven to the abomination of earth. He came down from the blessedness of heaven to the bruises of crucifixion. He came down from the coronation of heaven to the condemnation of earth. He came down from the delights of heaven to the deflammation of earth. He came down from the ecstasy of heaven to the execution of earth. He came down from the favor of the Father face to the fury of men's face. He came down from the glory place to the gory place. He came down from the hallelujahs of heaven to the hisses of earth. He came down from the intercession of heaven to the injustices of earth. He came down from the joys of heaven to the jeers of the mobs of this earth. He came down from the kindness of heaven to the killing of earth. He came down from the love of heaven to the lying accusations of earth, yea, even the iniquities of earth. He came down from the majesty of heaven to the misery of earth. He came down from the notableness of heaven to the nothingness of earth. He became of no reputation. He came down from the praise of heaven to the persecution of earth. He came down from the quietness of heaven to the quarrelsomeness of earth. He came down from the riches of heaven to the reviling and the ridicules of earth. He came down from the songs of heaven to the sneers and the scars of earth. He came down from the throne of heaven to the tree of Calvary. He came down from the virtues of heaven to the vices of earth. Last but not least, he came down from the worship of an angelic host to the homeless wandering over earth to the wrath and the ragglings of an unprincipled man. Folks, he that was rich, look at our verse, he that was rich, for your sake, for your sake, all because of you and it's all for you greatest gift you could ever receive and it's a gift that will never never disappoint you but we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sake he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich Father thank you for this special service Lord every service we respect and we reverence the reality of you and God the resurrection we celebrate the resurrection but God on a service like this we thank you for your incarnation we thank you for you coming to this earth and becoming poor in your birth your life and even your death
that we through your poverty, for our sakes, the grace of God, we can be rich. The richness, the unsearchable riches, beyond description, blessed beyond measure. With every head bowed and every eye closed on this Christmas Eve service, how many say, preacher, I know I'm saved. If I die today, I know I go to heaven and it's nothing I've done. It's everything he did and he came to me and I realized that he's God and he, died, he came in the flesh and died on the cross and three days later arose and I've received the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and I know I'm saved. I know it for sure. How many are glad of that fact? Say amen and raise your hand. Amen. All over this place. Nobody looking. Several cannot raise your hand and you say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm going to tell you something. That'll be one thing you ought to be sure of if you're not sure of anything, and that's that you're saved. I mean, not joined to church, not good enough, and you can't be, but saved by the grace of God. And you say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved, but I sure would like to be sure. Two people Sunday morning got assurance and rededicated their life, and I'm so excited, thankful for them. One's here tonight. You say, Preacher, I've never been saved, but I sure would like to be, and I want you to pray for me. And I won't come to you, I won't embarrass you, I won't do the most I could ever do for you, I want to pray for you. Would you slip your hand up real high and say, Preacher, pray for me, I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. Anyone? Anyone? Let me say, Preacher, I'm saved, but I want to be more sanctified. And I want to use my life as a gift to Jesus. I want to offer him praise and I want to be uh, willing to do whatever God wants me to do because he's done so much for me. It's only my reasonable service that I present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service by the mercies of God. You can say, preacher, on this Christmas Eve, I'd just like to draw closer to God. I'd like to rededicate my life and I want you to pray for me your closing prayer. Anybody? Just say, preacher, pray for me. I need to draw closer to God all over this place. Amen. i got to raise my hand. I want God to use me in a, in a more definite way in the coming year. I want to be a soul winner. I want to be the right kind of husband and granddaddy. I want to be an example. I want, I want, I want, I want people to see Jesus in my life. How about you? Anybody else? Yes, I see that hand, sir. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Father, thank you for the hour we've had together. We thank you, dear God, for the singing and the Lord's Supper. And we thank you for your wonderful word, the word of God, that we get to preach on Christmas Eve. And so, Lord, help us to be reminded of how wonderful it is to have the grace of God in our life, to have you, to have the unspeakable gift, to have the unmeasurable, unsearchable riches your grace in our life. Lord, we thank you, we praise you for what, who you are and what you've done in our life. In Jesus' name.